right. Welcome back, everybody, to Hoops and Wine. This is part six of the front of the King's front office search. And um, there was actually some news today, which is pretty exciting. So Shams and Amic put out an article that went on to list the six candidates so far. And they mentioned possibly interviewing in the next week. But the key part of that article, I felt, was that all they've done is request, essentially, the opportunity to interview. So these aren't guarantees. They still have to accept. And in most cases, the NBA team has to grant these people permission to be able to interview. And usually if someone's going for a promotion, they do let them go. But we have seen instances before where the front office does block people. And, you know, granted that could happen here, but it's exciting nonetheless. These are very qualified candidates and we'll see what happens. But I'm hopeful in the fact that these are a good starting list of names and we'll see who ends up, you know, interviewing, but we have Adam Simon, the assistant general manager for the Miami heat. We have Sashin Gupta, who is a VP with Minnesota. We have Calvin Booth, who was just promoted to the Nuggets GM uh, right before the uh, the restarts, restart started. We have uh, Trajan Langdon, who is the current Pelicans GM, who is, yes, he's the GM, but he's also the number two behind David Griffin. We have the Rockets assistant GM, Monty uh, McNair. And we have former Hawks GM, Wes Wilcox. So if you've listened to my previous parts, you know that I have already talked about Adam Simon and Sashin Gupta. So what I'm going to do first here is I'm going to clip the audio from part one and part four that detailed Adam Simon and Sashin. That way you at least get a refresher on those guys before I delve into these new ones. So Enjoy uh, Adam and Sachin right now. First name out there, um, probably not so realistic. I know that he was uh, potentially rumored out there for the uh, Bulls position, um, but that is Adam Simon. And if you haven't heard of this guy, his resume is pretty wild. Uh, he's been with the Heat for 25 years. He has held pretty much every position possible within the organization leading up to Pat Riley. Um, and he also is responsible for their final draft board. Well, if you know from Miami's drafts, they hardly miss. And there's a reason for that. They put people in these positions that have worked their way up in the player development, player evaluation, and player scouting ranks. Simon started with the Heat as an intern in the video room under, guess who? Current Heat coach Eric Spolstra. That was in 95. He then, in 96, was just a basketball operations intern where he organized information for the draft, which he still continues to do with the Heat. 
After that, he moved on to a scouting coordinator. Then he was a scout. Then he was the scout director of college scouting. Then the director of college international scouting. Then the heat director of player personnel. Then he was an assistant GM for their G League team. Then he was VP of player personnel and assistant GM of the G League team. Now he's the assistant GM and he's their final voice on their draft board. So when I say Adam Simon has literally held almost every position possible, you can see why. But this also brings me back to my original point from when I started this. You can see just from that guy alone how much the Kings did not have in their front office. We did not have that as an assistant GM. We had a best friend. And again, not not to put them down, but I mean, this is how organizations are run. These blueprints, you have your GM and then you have a bunch of assistants underneath you with this kind of experience. And when you are a team that is consistently drafting in the lottery, you need this kind of help and this kind of assistance. And that's also one of the reasons we are perpetually in the lottery is because we don't have this kind of assistance. Just to give a little bit of his recent picks, Tyler Hero, Bam, Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson. He then found the undrafted players of Derek Jones Jr., Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, and he was one of the ones that brought Hassan Whiteside back. Now for a small market like Sacramento, who's not going to bring in the free agents, you have to hit in the draft and you got to find some of these undrafted gems. Now he withdrew his name from the uh, Chicago Bulls position and I'm sure he wouldn't take the job here. But again, you have to make the call and you have to make them say no. But these are the kind of guys you should be going after. Uh, Get your wine glasses ready because this might sting a little bit. It'll, It'll bring up some bad memories. So, Sachin Gupta. First, I'm going to give you um, his resume, his background, and then I will really get into the uh, to the nitty gritty. So, in 2008, he was the basketball technology developer of the Houston Rockets. And a year later, he was promoted to the basketball operations salary cap analyst of the Rockets from 2009 to 2010 um, season to the 2011-2012 season. Uh, Then he took a little bit of a a gap time after 2012 to he's an MIT grad and he went back to Stanford to get more degrees. Um, And then he got back in the game in 2014 as the vice president of basketball operations for the Philadelphia 76. Then he uh, became a special advisor to the Houston Rockets in 2017. In 2018, he was hired as the assistant general manager of the Detroit Pistons. And just last year, he was hired as the executive vice president of basketball operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, even though he has held all these positions, he's still a very under the radar name to most, but in the analytical world, he is one of the best. I like to call him trade machine. Why might you ask? Well, for two reasons. One, he developed the trade machine that we all know and love. Yes, that is right. That trade machine. This MIT grad developed the trade machine while he worked at ESPN. Number two, he also has his fingerprints on a lot of trades, but because he's 
one of the behind the scenes guy. Um, he never really gets credit publicly, but like I said, get your wine ready as I'll be going into some of these later. So starting at the beginning, there's a really great article by Derek Bodner and the Philly magazine. And I definitely recommend it for um, everybody to read, but just to kind of generalize, uh, Sachin was attending an alumni event at MIT where he heard Maury talk and Maury was with the Celtics at this point, but he was really impressed with Sachin's engineering capabilities working at his PN, the trade machine. And when Maury then um, got the job in Houston, since they had met and had a good conversation, Sachin thought, hey, that's a great opportunity. Um, if I apply for a lower level position, uh, you know, it's I might have a shot. So he did have a shot. He got hired and he was in charge of building the databases and generating reports that Maury and at the time, VP of Basketball Ops, Sam Hinkie, needed to make their decisions. So this is where Gupta kind of reminds me of um, Dan Toldsman in the sense that these guys were both low-level guys and then went out of their way to present ideas to, uh, for Dan, it was to Masai. And for Gupta, he went out of his way to present um, trade and ideas to Maury and Hinkie. And because he had such good knowledge of the CBA, because he created that trade machine, you know, most people still wouldn't necessarily take his trade idea seriously, but Maury and Sam did. And according to Maury, he had his fingerprints on a lot of the cap building deals for assets. So instead of clearing cap space for unrealistic free agents, Gupta believed in taking on contracts that um, were somewhat short in term, but um, then gaining those, uh, those trade assets in return. So taking on that bad, those bad cap deals, but then getting multiple first rounders in return. You're starting to see where this is going now, aren't you? I warned you about grabbing more wine. (laughs) So he credits Hinky and Maury for allowing him to grow in the position to where he is today. So when Hinky was first hired by the Sixers in 2013, um, who was one of the first calls he made, that was to Sachin. And he then became his right hand and VP of basketball ops with a specialization in analytics. And not only is this guy crazy smart MIT grad, but he takes this VP job and then currently is getting a graduate degree from Stanford at the same time. Talk about multitasking. So one interesting thing is that he has said that um, he is aware of biases that you can get while working in a front office. So he likes to keep a poster of the 20 most common biases by his desk to remind him not to fall prey to them. So now comes the wine part. Go ahead and take a little drink first. (laughs) But so as was the case in Houston, Gupta was more often than not at the forefront of trade activity with the Sixers. Always brainstorming trade ideas and with an ability to look at the trade from the other side and correctly assess their motivation and ambition. Coupled with the understanding of the collective bargaining agreement, 
and the creative mind. So depending on relationships with other teams, time constraints, and schedules, Gupta would from time to time conduct part of the negotiations himself. Y'all, Vladi never stood a chance. This man specializes in reading his his opponents and assessing their motivations and ambitions. So as a Sixer staffer said, his whole life revolved around that day in February. Those same uh, names then describe Gupta as the driving force behind the king's transaction. I know. I know. (laughs) So I will leave you with this final thought. Can you imagine Vladi leaving and then being replaced by the man who was, by all accounts, one of the real architects of what could turn out to be the worst trade in king's history? All right, so those were the two pieces on Adam Simon and Sachin Gupta. Hopefully you guys enjoyed them, but just on any note on that Sachin one, uh, that would be quite the full circle uh, for the Kings to take. Okay, next we're going to talk about Calvin Booth. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, he was promoted to the general manager of the Nuggets right before the restart when Arturis took the promotion with the Chicago Bulls. So, just as a little background, Calvin played with the Kings in his final season uh, during 2008-2009 season. I believe he was only there for about seven games, but still with the Kings nonetheless. So he kind of has an idea of, the, of you know what we're about. So, during the end of his career, he spent flights working up scouting reports for future opponents So you almost have to wonder if he kind of had this in his background of his mind that maybe he would like to go that route after um, he played. And then one thing I think is kind of cool is we are seeing a lot of ex-players not necessarily work from the ground up when they are done playing the game. We've seen some of them go right into coaching, uh, maybe have a little bit uh advisor roles in a front office things like that but calvin actually became a video intern with the washington wizards and after he was done there he became a scout for the new orleans pelicans and then spent four seasons as the director of player personnel for the timberwolves and one interesting thing there is he followed uh tim Connolly. So he worked with Connolly with the Wizards, with the Pelicans, and then now back with Denver. So we will touch base back with that again later. So um, after the Timberwolves, he became the assistant GM for the Nuggets, and he spent time in that position from 2017 to 2020. And then, like I mentioned earlier, at the restart this month, he was promoted to the general manager. So He's praised by many in the NBA for helping the Nuggets during their rebuild. So each year since he's been there, the Nuggets have improved their record. They went from 40 to to 42, 46 wins, 36 losses, and then 54 wins to 28 losses. As said by Tim Connolly, who is the president of basketball operations, Booth is one of the brightest minds in our league. Connolly worked with Booth in Washington, New Orleans, and then when he uh, moved to Denver, he made sure to bring him over. Touched on that um, about a minute ago. So to me, that speaks volumes in terms of 
his trust and skill set that a guy would bring him with him and on essentially three different teams. So one cool thing is Booth knows what it's like to be a player in the league. Um, had a fi- he's one where he had to fight for everything to stay in the league, and then he transitioned that mindset to a front office. So he has a 16 year old daughter, 16 year old daughter who is six seven and actually just got a volleyball scholarship to the University of Minnesota, and then he has three girls under the age of 16 as well. So I'm not sure if that will play any kind of part in him wanting to stay in Denver as well as obviously Denver being incredibly stacked in terms of the organization. Some of the names that he's credited for scouting and drafting are Monte Morris, Michael Porter Jr., Ball Ball, and Vladko Konkar. So like I mentioned earlier, a lot of players skip the process, um, but Calvin has worked his way up the ranks. Next, we have the current Pelicans GM, Trajan Langdon. So he is the first Alaskan to play in the NBA. He actually is in the Alaska Hall of Fame. So something he said when he was younger is that the sun would set at 3.45 p.m. And he would work in the dark three hours before tip-off and visualize exactly how the game would play out. He then went on to get a scholarship from Duke. Pretty sure you're doing something right if Duke found you all the way in Alaska. So, Trajan played three seasons in the NBA and then went on to play overseas with CSKA Moscow where he went on to win two EuroLeague championships and was also the EuroLeague Final Four MVP. He was also named as part of the 2000-2010 All-Decade, uh, EuroLeague All-Decade team. So after his playing days, he served as a pro scout. So the year after he finished playing, he got a job as a scout with the San Antonio Spurs from 2012 to 2015. He was part of the front office who went on to win that championship um, of the 2013-2014 season. After that, he then moved to Director of Player Administration and Basketball Ops with the Cleveland Cavaliers, where he served under David Griffin. He then became the GM of the Brooklyn Nets G League team, where he was named Executive of the Year and took them to their first playoff berth. He then became the Assistant GM of the Brooklyn Nets from 2016 to 2019 and served under Sean Marks. He then became the general manager this last offseason of the New Orleans Pelicans and reunited with David Griffin. So, he credits his Alaskan visualization days as helping him where he is now. He said muscle memory is what helps athletes, and he figured muscle memory with his mind would be no different. He went on to control every variable that he possibly could, and one interesting tidbit I thought, was Coach K forced Elton Brand to room with him because he was one of the few players during that time who actually cared about dieting and sleep. 
Elton Brand went on to say he had never seen anything like it before. And Coach K was basically just hoping that it might rub off onto Brand, who was the top-ranked player at the time. So some other high praises he got from a fellow player there was Shane Battier. He said that he learned many things on how to approach the game from Langdon. He was the kind of guy that made you want to stand up straighter. Langdon has been touted for his ability to scout lesser-known players and ultimately helped set up the nets for the position they are in today, where you saw this last offseason they were able to acquire uh, Kyrie and Durant. But Sean Marks gives high praise for Langdon and um, putting them in that position to to where they were able to do that. So scouting um, is said to be his strong suit. And um, one thing he was touted for just this last offseason was for finding um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. So one interesting thing that I thought was in his press conference with them was he made the comment, he probably has no idea how much I've watched him over the last two years. I think that speaks volumes. And for a guy who has worked himself up in the scouting ranks, that even if he's a GM, doesn't mean he stops watching film, doesn't mean he stops watching these players. And because he went to Duke, he played in the NBA, he played overseas. He was in the Spurs organization, Cleveland, Nets, um, under David Griffin twice, under Sean Marks, under Buford. Uh, the guy has learned from the best. And I think he is one of the bright young minds in the game today. So that ends part six of the King's front office search. So next episode, I will go into the next two candidates and that's Rockets assistant GM, Monty McNair and the former Hawks GM, Wes Wilcox. <laughs>